Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Enrico Dolcecori. Thank you for joining us for another week of Living a Full Life. This week, we're going to start a series on early childhood development and how to raise healthy kids through the different stages of development and life. It starts from infancy all the way up to the teenage years, and there's certain milestones and obstacles that parents need to keep in mind as we're parenting our kids as they grow to raise the healthiest human beings possible, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and chemically. I mean, this is the whole point of parenting, and we can empower ourselves. You don't have to be a neurosurgeon to raise your kids in a healthy way. Uh, Not that neurosurgeons are the healthiest people in the world, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, So let's start on this this series. I don't know if this is going to be a three-part series, four-part series, five-part series. It depends on how much I feel like talking and who we we intend to bring in and talk about this stuff. But let's start early on when it comes to raising healthy kids. We need to build a strong foundation. So we've got to have the basics of healthy childhood development. And it's it's we need to understand how that works. So we need to know the importance of these early childhood developments. Now, for you parents with older kids, you're like, hey, doc, I missed the boat on that. So does this still pertain to me? Yes, because there's some things that are influential throughout our entire life. So understanding how development works, maybe this is a great podcast for soon-to-be parents too. They can be ahead of the eight ball on this, is understanding the developmental years of of the elementary all the way up through elementary school for our kids can be very powerful to know when to hold them accountable for certain things. Um, so infancy to birth uh, to two years is physical is all about physical development. This is the, the foundation to the brain development. We have rapid growth in, in height and weight and motor skills. You see this from babies focusing their eyes all the way to grabbing onto things and then starting to crawl. It happens very fast. Those weeks and months go by really fast. We get gross motor skills, basic reflexes, um, and they just start to figure out how their body works. So the physical development portion has to be facilitated in a healthy way. And unfortunately, life gets in the way. We have uh, things to do, work to do. We have to uh, send our kids to daycare, some of us. Some of us have to uh, keep them busy. Some of us work from home. And there's different things that we can get into trouble in early on and as a chiropractor and functional neurology and pediatrician and all all these things that we work on in our office, there's certain things we want to look at when raising healthy kids. And a lot of things can get in the way too. We don't want to restrict or hamper development in any way. That's rule number one. We don't want to be putting braces or uh, weird clothing on our kids or putting them in devices that can hamper or slow down development. So what are some examples of this? I mean, walking barefoot and crawling around the house is probably the best way to develop functionally and motor skill wise. Kids making contact with the ground, making contact with different surfaces, both with their hands, with their feet, rolling, um, getting a little dirty is not a bad thing either. So when it comes to fine motor skills, it's about movement. So putting them in uh, devices, the jolly jumpers, the bumbos, these are horrible horrible devices. 
Whoever invented them had no neurological background, had no developmental training, had no understanding of human development in any way, shape, or form. It was a gizmo designed to to just sell. It's a gimmick. Uh, It does absolutely nothing for our children. Holding them upright just so you can feed them in a bumbo is a very, very silly move to make because if they can't hold themselves upright, bracing them in the upright position will only slow down or create a deficit in that motor skill. They will catch up once they get too big for the bumbo. They're going to have to figure it out. But these are little things that we don't want to put our kids in early on. Free, wild, and free. Go back and watch The Jungle Book. See what Mowgli did. That's what you want your children to do. Except don't play with snakes and stuff like that. Uh, That's the really important part of development for children. So cognitive development is the rapid brain growth during this phase of infancy to two years. So the sensory uh, perception is really high. So at this point, getting their hands dirty is a great thing. And and whether you like it or not, they're going to grab onto things. That's all they're doing during this phase is grabbing things and putting them in their mouth. The mouth part is something different. The mouth part is just introducing bacteria to their gut. They're trying to fix their leaky gut that we're all born with it. And as we develop, we close the leaky gut, but that's the important part about putting things in our mouth is it's just part of the game. So keeping things relatively clean is important, but it's going to be impossible to keep everything clean and it's going to be impossible to keep everything out of their mouth. But cognitive development happens with, with the rapid uh, basic problem solving skills that they get into, like not being able to open up the little toy box, uh, not being able to fit the triangle into the circle uh, whole, right? These little things are really important for their cognitive development. So getting them to problem solve with uh, picture cards, with toys, with wooden blocks, with all these things is really important during that cognitive phase. And this is still all before the age of two. And then social and emotional development, um, being able to see emotion, this is how they learn about emotional development is through parents and through the people that they're around them. So them having emotional intelligence and being able to show happy, sad, anger, frustration, and these emotions is really important. Now, not to pick on anybody whatsoever when we get into cosmetics and um, cosmetic surgery, um, parents, I mean, especially women at a younger age are getting into these things where they're trying to get rid of wrinkles, they're trying to get rid of um, cosmetic issues with their face, but they're also altering their face altercations as well. So they can't raise their eyebrows or they can't make a face or they can't, they can barely smile, uh, depending on the use of Botox or fillers or whatever it may be. And with young kids, this is an issue because as a parent, you're the one that they see the most. So if they can't see you smile or make emotional um, cues, then they won't be able to learn those emotional cues very early on. So putting them in front of a TV isn't going to teach them that either. So that's important stuff to think about as well is maybe delay these procedures or strategically have those procedures done at certain times during development. Knowledge is power. Knowing, knowing these little things only helps us be stronger parents. That's, that's really what that point was all about. Um, <clears throat> then we have the toddler phase. So this is two to three. This is a really important time. This is where physical development and continued growth in height keeps happening. Their cognitive development goes through the roof where the vocabulary expands quite a bit. So these are the types of things you want to keep an eye on. By the age of three, we should have a uh, a child that is well-versed in communication, both physical cue, uh, eye coordination, and with language. Their vocabulary should be growing very fast at this point. 
um, and social emotional development as well. They should know how to play alongside others. They should know, you know, not to hit by this point, but we usually give them a break by the time they're, you know, one or two, they're still learning these things. So disciplining them before the age of two doesn't make a lot of sense because they're still trying to figure out what to do in, in the world. So that's an important time too. And I squeeze that two to three in there because it's a unique time where it's a buffer zone. It's a gray zone where we don't have to hold our kids accountable by the age of two to have full vocabulary. We can give them till three. We can really be lenient on that. Um, and then we got the preschool age. Preschool age is three to five. And this is where development um, continues, a refinement of fine uh, gross motor skills. I always joke with the dads in the office. I'm like, this is why you don't take a baseball and try and play catch with your one-year-old. Maybe play with like a squishy ball or something that won't hurt them because their hand-eye coordination at one is not there. But with your five-year-old now, you can start throwing and they can start catching because they've got that development. So that's three to five. Cognitive too, we get rapid growth and language skill here as well. This is where not only are they speaking, now they're starting to put together the alphabet, words, letters. They may even start reading by this point, which is pretty cool. They can put together three, four, five words, a full sentence. Some of them are actually reading short, short books at this time, depending on how, how engaging you made reading in, in your household. Pushing kids to read by the age of three is obnoxious uh, mentally for the children because you're, you're putting them so right-brained that... Um, you're you're just creating a heavy a heavy focus on that side of academia where um, it ends up not balancing and we'll start lacking in some other things when we do that. So not pushing it, but if it naturally comes along, man, that is great. Facilitate anything that comes along naturally, any talents or anything that your children have. These are things you want to just let them do. If they enjoy doing doing it, painting, reading, coloring, uh, whatever it may be, facilitate it. Let them let them run with that at this age. This is where you're going to see. You're not going to see the next Wayne Gretzky at four. I know we all hear these stories about Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, all the, uh, you will not see that talent yet. You may see an inclination of that type of sport or that talent, uh, but thinking they're going to be the next Tiger Woods is not fair because that things may change and that happens in the next phase um, of growth with them. So the age of three to five, the preschool area is really just for social and emotional development. This is where we start to hone in on um, their emotional development themselves, them learning about themselves. This is where they start thinking about themselves, um, where they are in space, their friends, uh, the neighbors, who they want to play with, um, who they like, who they don't like, who they want to invite to their birthday parties. This is where they start to think of that stuff. And then we have uh, the kindergarten age. This is five to six years of age. This is physical development. We have a continued growth. These kids are growing like weeds still at this age. And then the cognitive development at this point, uh, these are pre-literacy skills and early reading and writing abilities, uh, and they can do more advanced problem solving at this time. So this doesn't mean academia. You don't have to give them a math problem or a novel to read. This is where they're just putting things together. So the human brain develops uh, cognitively and academically from birth all the way to the age of eight. So we have this buffer zone to eight. So this is where we're really gentle with parents and uh, kids with kindergarten, first grade, and even second grade that may have five, six, seven-year-olds. And then developing where they are as far as other children really doesn't matter because the brain academically starts to thrive at the age of eight, eight to nine years old. So all this stuff we do before that. Uh, academically isn't really 
um, a bonus. Uh, there's actually some literature out of Europe that shows that the harder we push pre eight years old, the more difficulty in school to have later on. This could come later into middle school and high school where they have difficulty with comprehension in both math and English. Um, so there's research showing that too, that pushing kids at a younger age may cause difficulty later. Pushing kids in um, physical talent, music at a very young age, lighting up the left side of the brain can really lag them on the right side of the brain later. So as they become adolescents, they have a tough time with social skills, social settings, um, going out in public, um, communication skills. But they're highly functional with music and creativity because of the facilitation of the brain at that early age. So it's all about balance in the beginning, all about balance. Doing everything is a good thing. Doing a little bit is a good thing. Uh, you can't really go wrong at this age. As a parent, all you need to focus on is being the best you can be as far as a human being. You want to be the best reflection of a human being as you can. You want to show sadness. You want to show anger. You want to show happiness. You want to show your emotions as a human being because this will be translated to your kids and they're going to download this and, and realize, okay, this is, this is emotion. This is how people may act if they feel happy, sad, angry. That's great. So your job as a parent is to just facilitate those emotions, be the best you possibly can so that when you do get angry, the anger is frustration. The anger is visible. The anger is uh, visual, facial-wise, but the anger doesn't turn into you throwing things or breaking things or doing repetitive things that are um, not healthy. That's a that's a good example for anger is like showing it, but respectfully and how how people should expect it. Otherwise, your children learn that, okay, when somebody gets angry, I need to duck because something is going to get thrown. That's, that's an issue. And I, I bring this up because it's very real. People get upset and things break, but that's one. Another one is sadness too, you know, making sure that you're sad and, and not depressed as, as an adult, you know, that's a tough one. Oh boy. There's a whole nother podcast there about you know, your, your own mental well being and your own health. Moms have such a hard time with post, um, post stress syndrome after birth. Um, uh, men too, there's a tough time during those years juggling, you know, being a parent and work and paying the bills and, and everything there too. Uh, it's a tough time during those times, but you just have to kind of hunker down and say, okay, listen, I'm always being watched. I'm on surveillance 24 seven because my children are around. Um, and just trying to be the best you possibly can is, and that's it. And that's period full stop be the best you possibly can. Not perfect. You just got to be the best and that will develop healthier recognition patterns in your children at the younger ages. So that's zero to six, probably the most important phase of development because you're pretty much creating the foundation of what the world is like for your children. You're, you're the, they're, you're the main role model during this time. And, um, it's, uh, it's a fascinating time to be there and, uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. This is stressful to think about this stuff. You're like, man, I just learned two things that I got to make sure I focus on. But yeah, I'm a parent of three too. And you know, you fail, you fail, you fail a lot, but you got to remember you win a lot too, because as these kids grow and you're keeping them safe and you're keeping them healthy, um, that's a huge win. That's a, it's always a win. Every night you go to put your head on the pillow. It's a win. It's another great day uh, for being a parent. So focus on those little things. And the whole point of this podcast, if there's one thing you walk away with, is there is no goals to hit before the age of seven. There's really nothing. You don't have to hold your child accountable for anything, even bedwetting, 
we help a lot of kids in, in chiropractic with bedwetting. That's just one great example. They'll come in with a five-year-old or six-year-old and be like, they're still wetting the bed. The first thing I tell them is like, hey, up until eight, this can be normal. Eight is just kind of that magic number because in neurology and development that we know that this is perfectly normal. Don't, don't stress about it. And that you can just see the mood go down. Everyone's just like, oh, okay, great. I thought they should be out of the diapers by now. I'm like, well, they are. During the day, they got full control, right? And they're like, yeah. So at night, they're just a deep sleeper and they have this connection, um, this disconnection that happens when they swing into parasympathetic nervous system at nighttime. It's just, it's a natural thing that happens. We all do it. However, we won't swing that far into a deep sleep or a parasympathetic where we lose control or we can't sense the bladder. We'll actually wake up. It'll wake us up. We have to go use the bathroom. So th- these are all little cool things in neurology. And this is why your village uh, and who you choose to be in your village can either make you super stressed or really calm you down. So surrounding yourself with people that uh, support you and know you and uh, you align with is really important. A community is probably the most important thing for you as a parent, but for your kids up until seven, just kind of go with the flow, see what they like. And all you need to do is just present yourself as the best human you possibly can. And, uh, Trust me, you're doing a great job. You probably thought the opposite, but you're doing a great job. Keep doing a great job. Thanks for listening. We're going to have the series going for the next four weeks. Enjoy that. Can you believe we've been doing this for a year? This has been super fun. Haven't missed a week. Not going to miss a week. Uh, if you have any other topics that you want me to talk about, these the ideas all come from you guys now. It's so great. It's, we just keep growing. We have over a 1,000 listeners. It's uh, Who would have thought this was going to keep growing? So um, keep listening. Keep sharing. Leave us a few reviews. That'd be great. And have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.